Welcome to the State of Existence. I'm your host, Lewis Stockham. Hope everybody out there voted and got your vote in in a timely manner. And speaking of which, that's what this show is going to be about. It's going to be about the election, for better or worse, and all the things going on with it. We have a president-elect, Joe Biden. We have a loser, Donald Trump, in more ways than one. <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't help myself. But on this show with me is a very special guest, and I'm proud and honored to say one of my best friends, Mr. Ryan Jones, who, who is going to talk to us, uh, everybody out there, and we're, he and I are going to talk about the election and all the aspects of it. Ryan, welcome to the show. Thank you, Lewis. I appreciate it. I'm happy to be on. So we've had a... Very interesting uh, election and post-election world, right? To say the least. To say the least. Uh, first thing I just wanted to ask you about, and, and I I mentioned this a moment ago, I wanted to do a show maybe about this before the election results, but in your in your mind, in your point of view, what are, like, as far as COVID, what do you think are the effects, like, pros and cons that it, it's had on our democratic election process? Oh, well, that's a that's an interesting <laughs> one. I mean, I think it's it's COVID has been integral to the election season. I mean, this entire year, 2020 has been just a crazy year, and COVID has been the primary cause of everything. Uh, Very true. So how how has it affected the election? Well, you have uh, you have the situation where uh, a health crisis became politicized, and the politicization. Polit- politicization of that health crisis meant that it exasperated the crisis itself. I agree. Absolutely. So it's, it's been pretty impactful. Actually, I cannot confirm it, but I had read recently that because of the numbers in some of the swing states of people that died, it is possible that Trump actually, by not taking the crisis seriously, killed off his own uh, supporters uh, in a, in a, at least a per, a large enough percentage that might have won him the election. Now, right. uh, hang on one second. I want to add that to the list of mistakes that Trump's made since he's been in office. Ooh, oh, that's a long list. Yeah, <laughs> sorry. Go I ahead. Mean, Go we, ahead. We'd have to drum down into the, the the actual details, and and it may be hyperbole, but. It does speak to how many people died. I mean, we are looking at, what, 230, 240,000 people, yeah. 1,000 citizens of America that have died uh, throughout this year so far. And we're looking to have that number increase rather dramatically. Today was the, uh, once again, broke the record for the highest number of COVID cases uh, in a single day. So the... The short and sweet is that COVID was integral to the election. The really, you know, broken out, I think the the takeaway is that tr- is that because Trump and his people politicized COVID, it prevented us as America from having a a serious response, a serious and and nationally organized response. Okay. And that has cost literally hundreds of thousands of lives. No, I think you're absolutely right. Now, I, as far as, um, this isn't exactly COVID, but something, and, and I think this is something that a lot of people felt was going to be an issue, uh, for lack of a better term, is that the mailing in of ballots. I mean, you know, that's something that a lot of people had to do for various reasons. Some people, because they were in quarantine. Some people, you know, as usual as always, maybe they were overseas or they're in the military or 
whatnot. Do you do you think do you th- you know? And then of course Trump and Biden in their I believe it was the first debate. You know Trump's trying to make out mailing in ballots to be a bad thing and tried to you know demonize it and whatnot. Do do you think do you think that maybe had the opposite effect? Do you think that that the mail in ballots actually hurt Trump and helped Biden because so many people were doing it? Oh, a hundred percent. Mail Democrats in this election came out and used the mail-in ballot system leaps and bounds more than Republicans. And in fact, that's what flipped several of these states that gave Biden a win. More Further, during this COVID crisis, the opportunity to, we had the opportunity to craft a nationally unified process through which we can handle elections through the mail. And we failed because the Trump administration, they, they recognized, they saw that, or they perceived probably better, that more Democrats would use, so more of their opponents would use the mail-in ballots. And therefore, they demonized that process. I think it's really important to note that the president and the majority of his family voted by mail. Well, of course. So no, no surprise there on, on hypocrisy in the Trump administration. Sorry, please continue. No, no. I mean that's uh, that is what it is. This, I mean, further, even even further, the Trump administration went so far as to. You as to appoint someone to the head of the postal service with the specific intent to gum up the workings of the postal service so that it would be slower, so that mail in ballots would not get to their uh, would not be mailed to the uh, uh, probate uh, on time. Right. Okay. Yeah. So basically, I mean, basically, he tried to. No, once again, no surprise there is that he he tried to rig things in his favor, and you know that brings me kind of my next point is that every everybody was concerned, of, you know, on both sides of the aisle uh, politically about voter fraud and tampering, and and then you know here you have even before all the votes are counted, you have Trump claiming he's being cheated or treated unfairly, and now he's definitely crying foul. He's got all his followers, you know doing his rally cry and he's refusing to concede, you know, and what, what, are, what are your thoughts on all of that? Oh, well, there, geez, where do I begin? <laughs> I, I, think, so I'm, I know I'm asking you a lot of layered questions, but I know you're up to no, it. No, it's, it's fine. <laughs> it's, it's been an interesting, um, it's been an interesting past couple of weeks, past, you know, obviously six months or more. Mm-hmm. <sighs> I think, uh, restate that question. So what is the... Well, I guess what I'm getting at is, is, you know, that even, like I said, even before the election was, was all the votes were counted, rather, Trump was crying foul. You know, he was saying he's being cheated. Uh, uh, okay. Now, yeah, yeah. now he's got lawsuit, you know, so basically, you know, it's just like, just, just basically, basically, you know, this is, I'm sure he, he, I, do you think he probably had this ready in case, you know, cause that's how he is. He's going to, you know, he's going to manipulate the situation. He's going to, you know, play the victim. He's going to act like he's you know, like, like, you know, like everybody that is uh, against him is against America, I guess is what I was, what I was going for. Well, I mean, that is his shtick is, uh, his movement, the MAGA movement 
is a fascist movement. It's a uh, authoritarian movement, Agreed. and him uh, and Trump as the figurehead of that one has now ruined the word Trump for uh, common English <laughs> vernacular and use forever. <laughs> but on on top of that, how elections function? There, okay, what's the difference between twenty sixteen and twenty twenty? Okay, in 20, 2016, uh, Hillary Clinton won the popular vote by, what is it, 3 million votes or maybe a little bit more than that? About, about that sounds uh, right. Biden won the popular vote this time by more than 5 million votes. The big difference here is uh, Trump won the Electoral College and during this, uh, during 2020, or sorry, during 2016, Trump won the Electoral College. Mm. And during 2020, it appears that Biden has won. Now, yeah. just looking on Google, it has him, uh, it has him at 290 electoral votes called at 217 for Trump. Uh, obviously, what is it? North Carolina, Georgia, and probably Arizona are too close to call really even to this mo- to, to today. Right. And, and here's, here's the important thing to understand about the way elections actually happen. Most states don't actually certify the results for a month after the election, okay. giving them that amount of time to double-check, to make sure they have all the votes counted, right. uh, to sense. make sure nothing went wrong or they're not missing things. Uh, to And it allows for candidates that feel that there is a reason to challenge the results to do so legally or otherwise. Uh, in this case, Trump's challenging the results offhand. Of course he is. But there is no, there is at least what I've seen so far, no valid evidence of voter fraud that has been presented by the Trump campaign. Right, they're just they're just screaming at the wind, basically. So e- even in Arizona, they I, I recently what was it today this morning? I was reading that the Trump campaign has asserted that there were three thousand one hundred or three thousand several hundred uh, votes that they flagged as possibly fraudulent. Well, okay. when those ad the addresses that were associated with those were correlated it turns out that the all right we'll have to uh i'll start again okay so with the you know with voter fraud Mm. the trump administration has asserted that three thousand several hundred Mm. i don't know the exact number uh of votes in arizona are Possibly fraudulent. They're challenging those votes. Well, it turns out under when 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 that information has been released, uh, it turns out that the addresses associated with those votes, a vast majority of them are military addresses. Okay. So right. what's happening is that the Trump administration is challenging military voters that <laughs> that are registered to vote uh, in Arizona but agree. live in other states. Right. On military bases or in the service of, you know, right. doing their thing for the country. And so he's trying to get military votes thrown out. So that is our 
you know, pro-military Trump. Military parade for himself, but how dare they vote for somebody else? Exactly. <laughs> they should vote for me. Everybody should be about me. Okay, sorry, I can't really do a Trump impression. <laughs> but uh, sorry, anybody that heard that ringing, that was my phone. And maybe it was President Trump calling to, to, to yell at me. I don't know. Who, who knows? All right, so Ryan, you know, as I mentioned at the beginning of the show, you and I, you and I are friends. You know, you're one of my best friends. We've known each other for a long time, and yes, you and yes. I have, you and I have seen some very strange stuff, crazy stuff, horrible, tragic stuff, in, in the world, um, you know, without a doubt, this is probably the strangest election that I think our country has ever had. You know, even you know all the elections long before you and I, or you know any you know any of our relatives were, were around, but. Is there is there one thing, and if you don't have an answer, that's cool. Is there one thing as far as this election goes that you thought was like the strangest, like craziest, most like screwed up thing that you'd ever seen in like our election process? I mean, numerous things. Okay, the, top, the, top three. This top election three. cycle has been one after the other of 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 breaking our norms, and it's uh, it's very disheartening. I so. Agree. For months, the Trump himself and his people have uh, have indicated that they will not accept the results of the election right, yeah. unless it comes out in his favor. So that's not how democracy works. That's how, not how elections work. Uh, it's not how it's that's not how it's ever worked in America. The re- elections have consequences, and sometimes, even if you don't want to lose, you lose. Right. Now Trump's a narcissist, and he can't accept the fact that he could possibly lose. I agree. Uh, and he's effectively a cult leader, and so... Mm-hmm. Now, for, for those of you at home, it may come as no surprise for what I'm saying that I'm not a supporter of President Trump. <laughs> uh, however, I mean, there are a few things that he's done, or at least intended on doing, that I could possibly get behind. The readjustment of our relationship with China, I think, is a important thing for us to do. I think that he's handled it badly. Uh, uh, readjusting our relationship in NATO. What is the purpose of NATO now that the Soviet Union doesn't exist? That's a good uh, point. Still, is it still to contain Russia? Well, if it is, then, well, then, you know, we need to fight Russia. But there's, but still, re, you know, looking reassessing our role in the world on the international stage is important and it needs to be done basically every time you get a every time you get a chance as a country right okay so make sure that you're doing the right thing uh however trump goes about you know so so that's me trying to be fair towards him but the trump administration has broken norm after norm uh, with regard to, and frankly, the Republicans too, uh, there was evidence going as far back as the impeachment. The Mueller investigation showcased significant evidence of Trump wrong, doing things that were impeachable. Right. Uh, the Republicans refused to act on it. And, and here's where I'm going to dig on the Democrats, the Democrats impeached him on very narrow grounds when the fact is, is that they could have put up probably two or three hundred accounts of uh, that accounts that uh, for impeachment, and they probably should have. 
I mean, he could have gotten emoluments from day one. Right. Okay. Amongst many things. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you, if our laws are not, if we are not going to enforce our laws, then our laws have no meaning. Then, exactly. then there's no point in having. Them. Right. Part of, I mean, that's the a cornerstone of a democracy or any representative government is that you have to have rule of law. I agree. And kind of based on everything you said, like that's my that's my thing with with Trump is that. You know, this make make America great again. Well, you know, that's basically it's like, okay, you're going to make America great again by subverting and dismantling every principle and idea that this country was founded on. And then at the same time, you're not even going to respect the election process. Well, you know, to, exactly. to, use, to use a phrase, and I can't remember uh, where I heard it, but it's one of my favorite saying is like, you know, you can't save paradise by burning it down. <laughs> That, I think it may have been Star Trek. I'm not sure. <laughs> I mean, no, you cannot save paradise by burning it down. This election, he and his camp, his people and him, have refused to accept the outcome of the election. Exactly. Yeah. They have attacked as fraudulent a, a the actual process to cast ballots, including mail-in ballots. Which is there's nothing there's nothing fraudulent about mail-in ballots. Yeah. It is a normal process that in Alabama, where where we live, normally up until this year, you could only cast uh, mail-in ballots by because you were absentee for whatever reason. Right. You'd have to have like a valid reason and stuff. Right. Exactly. But because of COVID, the Secretary of State, like in most places around the country, right. opened up the. Uh, the absentee process that you could mail in a ballot for any reason. Yeah, for safety and make it easier for people. Yeah, exactly. Now, now you know, literally millions and millions of people have taken advantage of that. Uh, to cast dispersions on that process and to, to claim it as fraudulent is to say that our process of voting itself is non is non-binding it's 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 irrelevant it is fraudulent itself and this goes back to what trump does best and that is he's a bulldog he attacks others well to prop himself up yeah exactly i agree with you and when the system doesn't work for him he attacks the system as the president of the united states you cannot joke about things and you, you cannot say things that you actually mean seriously and say that and then later say it's a joke. People mm-hmm. have to be able to take the people have to be able to take the president's word at face value every single time. Hmm. Well, he has he has a he has a responsibility to his position and to our, to us. And if he says that for people to do a thing, then they have to go do that. A very funny example of that. Uh, uh, this is more in line with him being a the the candidate, mm. Donald Trump. But he was out golfing after he lost the election, and he said that he was going to do a a press conference at the Four Seasons. <laughs> and he tweeted that <laughs> because that's how he communicates with people, including his own people. Right. And so his staff saw his tweet and said, "Fuck, uh, he has to." Oh, I'm sorry. I probably can't say that. No, that's okay. You're fine. Don't worry about it. Right. So, <laughs> so his staff said, "Oh crap, we can't. Uh, we we now have to book a press conference at the Four Seasons in Philadelphia." 
And so they called up the Four Seasons Hotel, which is what I'm sure Trump thought it was, and they said, no, you can't oh. hold the press conference here. Or, or they didn't call it the Four Seasons Hotel. Instead, <laughs> they picked up the phone book and they called the Four Seasons Landscaping Company and <laughs> called them up and booked it there. Now, for those of you who, who haven't seen or heard about this, or maybe it's years down the road and you're just reading this or listening to this, the Four Seasons Landscaping Company is in between, what is it, a pawn shop? or it was, I can't remember. I'm sorry. It was like a bookstore or pawn shop or something and a adult store. <laughs> so I can only imagine being, you know, a customer of the adult store and, you know, you're, you're shopping for, you know, your sex toys <laughs> and all of a sudden the news cameras around, around, from around the world show up in the parking lot and you're like, Oh crap. Uh, uh, looking out the window, are they gone yet? <laughs> um, it would be very embarrassing, but at the same token, not as embarrassing as Trump's campaign because he sent out a tweet saying, we're going to book a press conference at the four seasons had to find a place called the four seasons that would allow them to speak at it. Right. I'm sorry. Just not. I'm sitting. What you said is absolutely right. But I just. I'm just. I'm. I'm still just. Sorry, everybody out there listening. I'm going to be weird for a minute. Back to the guy. Like you know. Like you said at the adult stop. You know. You buy. He actually gets this. Gets 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 videoed on. You know. Gets recorded on camera. And then it's like people are having dinner that night. And they're like, "Honey, isn't that our son's history teacher?" (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, that's where I'm at for a minute. But no, you're absolutely right. All right. Well, you know, everybody out there listening. You know. You know. I've enjoyed this show, and I, Ryan, I want to thank you for coming on the show and and you know talking about all these things. Oh, wait, I mean, we're we're gonna li- we're gonna leave on the adult. <laughs> no, 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 no. We're not. We're not. No, we're not leaving. No, I'm not that weird. No, we're not leaving. No, I just I just wanted to thank you before I, I ask you the last question. I wanted to thank you for coming on the show, and I hope you'll come back. But it, thank you, thank you. But as far as the near the near future and everything you know now that we've got a new president elect and we not really you know we've got this president who's not as you said not conceding he's not acknowledging that he lost where do you see where do where do you see i mean how do you, what do you, what do you what's your prediction as far as with the trump administration and the biden administration say within the next year as far as well i mean obviously the trump administration only doesn't have a year left but you, you know what i mean okay well well let's start with the the Let's start with two things. Okay. So we have a theoretical president-elect, Joe Biden. Right. Trump has not conceded the mm-hmm. election thus far. Uh, he, his staff has refused to start the transition process. Right. Now, this is very important because with that, with normally as soon as the election's called, the the outgoing and incoming presidents and their staff meet or their representatives meet and they start organizing the transition. Right. This is important for, you know, like national security purposes um, and to ensure that the incoming president's staff can hit the ground running without having to take months to figure out what the outgoing president has thrown away. Yeah. For an example, sorry to interrupt Ryan, but for an example, those out there, if you're curious, like as soon as we have a president elect that time before he's actually sworn in as president, he gets security briefings Mm -hmm. so that he knows like what's going on on the national and international scene. And, And so currently the president's team are not 
providing those security briefings. So if Biden is getting those security briefings, he's getting those from other people and or from people on the side doing it. Right. Now, so, okay, so this is very bad. Right, absolutely. Um, for obviously, for obvious reasons. Trump, let's go to Trump. Trump has just a few options right now. As I mentioned earlier, his, as of right now, his, all of the legal challenges that he has made so far have been rejected. And I do mean, I, I know of at least three or four off the top of my head mm-hmm. in various right. states that have been rejected because the Trump team has failed to provide evidence of wrongdoing in the election. Right. Not that, not that there wasn't, you know, it, it, they have literally failed to provide any evidence of wrongdoing. So they should stop claiming that wrongdoing happened. Exactly. Okay. But they're not going to. So what's going to happen is the Trump administration is going to go on for two months, three months technically. This is January 20th. The Electoral College will meet in December. Mm-hmm. What is likely to happen is that in maybe a few states where there is a difference in the party of the governor and the legislature. Right. That is on the line as far as like one of these swing states uh, that we might like maybe Georgia, for instance. Right. We, we might see Georgia has a Republican a Congress, a Republican legislature as well as governor. Right. So we might see a situation in which the government of Georgia decides to send Republican electors mm-hmm. to the Electoral College. However, the, say, Democratic Party sends the duly elected Democratic electors to the Electoral College. Okay. And... So, for for those who may not be aware of, uh, Georgia has been called for Biden. If if that is certified as such, then the uh, then the Democratic electors would be automatically chosen and sent to the Electoral College for December. Okay. Uh, however, the in most states, the legislature and some states, the governor have the ability to just choose electors a slate of electors, and send them to the Electoral College. They don't have to be elected. They, they can just be chosen by the legislature. Okay. Now, different states have different laws on it, and I'm not familiar with Georgia's on this one specifically. But let's pretend that in this case, we could. this might be an option. So then you have electors from Georgia go, uh, and you have two different groups of electors, and then that would mean that the, the House of Representatives... Mm-hmm. In the National Congress, has to decide on which slate of electors to seat. Okay. Now, in this case, uh, because there's a Democratic House and a Republican Senate, it is likely that there's going to be fights for each of those. Right. If that happens, okay. I don't expect that to happen. Right. Uh, okay. And then, and then let's move forward. So, if his, if if Trump's legal attempts fail so the courts won't hear the case and the elector attempt like the attempt to have the electors vote in your favor fails then biden gets elected and no matter what trump does or says at uh what is it noon on june on january 20th 
he is no longer the president of the United States, and Joe Biden should be sworn in by the Chief Justice. Okay, I got you. And if uh, he is, he has been elected, and technically the Chief Justice doesn't have. I'm, I think the Chief Justice does not have to swear him in. That's just common courtesy at the moment. It's kind of like ceremony. Yes, yeah, it's the ceremony. He would become president mm-hmm. regardless. All right. So, I mean, he would have to take an oath of office. Right. Well, but, of course, yes. But who administers it is not set in stone. Uh, and at that point, then the Secret Service or military would eject Trump from the White House and his family and staff if they refused to leave. I would kind of like to see that. I mean, I, I, I hope it doesn't come to that. But what I mean, I, I'm sorry. A lot, a lot of people out there probably like, you know, Dan Lewis. But I'm like, that would be kind of cool to see him like being physically removed from the White House. I'd yeah. enjoy that. Okay. On the other <laughs> side, on the other side, what is... What is Trump trying to do? Uh, he can claim recent uh, foreign policy wins in the United Arab Emirates, recognizing and having and having an official peace treaty with Israel. He can claim the win that Jerusalem is now the capital of, officially recognized by the United States of Israel. Okay. By uh, of Israel by the United States, and uh, so he he can claim those wins uh, domestically. He has kind of a secret service force that he's been using to tamp down on the domestic uh, uh, issues that we've been having. Right. So with all the protests uh, around the country, uh, you know, that's a dangerous precedent in and of itself. It is. So uh, Trump is not someone who works within the laws. So if he doesn't see, Trump is also worried about going to jail. Right. If, if, I was going I wanted to bring that up too and, and we can make this the if, if it's okay with you we'll yeah. make it the last point is that that I've seen posts and I've you know been involved and heard people have conversations that a lot of it is Trump is scared as he knows that as soon as he gets out of office that you know all these scandals that have been you know around him and circling him like moons circling a planet and you know and that he's connected to he he can you know they that he's no longer got you know any kind of legal get-out-of-jail-free card, if you will. Okay, yeah. So, he has a couple of options there. Let's assume, one, that that, that assumption is correct. Mm-hmm. Uh, he could resign, allow Pence to become president, and get and make a deal with Prince, Pence to pardon him. Alternatively, he could claim that he has the right and the, capa- and the ability to power of the president to pardon himself. I could totally see him doing that. He's <laughs> actually he's actually mentioned that he should have that capability. Um, I and most legal scholars would disagree with that. Yes. I am not a legal scholar, although I'm a political scientist. So there's that <laughs> uh, legal scholar light. <laughs> the, the 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 fact is is that uh, the there is the, I'm sorry the the D was it. District attorney for, I forget which district in New York, mm-hmm. uh, I guess it's the New York City one, has been apparently hounding and, and building up cases uh, of various crimes that the Trump family and mm-hmm. Trump himself has done for two years, probably longer. Oh, yeah. So I would suspect that even if he pardoned himself, pardons only actually matter as far as federal crimes go. Right. But they do not actually pertain to state crimes. That would have to be a state governor in the state where the crime happened. Exactly. So I don't 
think that the governor of New York is going to be pardoning pardoning Trump anytime soon. Right. And for the matter, then we go down to the next route is that Biden, when he becomes president, has the has the important consideration of what to do with Trump. Right. If he pardons him, he will lose any and all political capital he mm-hmm. has built. Well, and Biden seems to me, it seems to me he's smart enough to know that, and I don't, I don't think he would anyway, yeah. because I think... <laughs> also, Trump has made it personal, in personal attacks against Biden and his family. Oh, yes, and his son, like in the yeah. first debate, like he, I think that damaged him a lot, like the, well, not to mention the fact that he kept talking over Biden and interrupting him and, and, and whatnot, you know, basically behaving like a child, no shock there, but yes, basically sure, behaving sure. like a child. The, so, I, I don't suspect that Biden is going to pardon Trump, mm-hmm. however, he could just not he could just tell the DOJ to you know not go after him right uh but the fact is is that there have been so many crimes mm-hmm. trump has lied about almost everything during every single public statement he's ever made oh yeah which is which is crazy to think about but literally mm-hmm. tens of thousands of lies since he became president. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, I totally agree. And there, there's a website that tracks this. It's amazing. Okay. Uh, what, what's that for our listening audience? What's that What's that website called? Uh, we'll enter it here in post-op. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm, I, actually, I don't have it off the top of my head. I'll have to right. double check. Well, I'm sure everybody out there listening, you can Google it. Well, uh, but there, the, 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 the part is here is that Trump has committed numerous crimes, mostly involved around his businesses, and absolutely getting is and uh, using his position as president of the United States for personal profit, which is unfortunately for him illegal. Yes, uh, but he has also committed other crimes at other times, also usually pertaining to. Uh, you know, business type. Right. Uh, And so uh, what is likely to happen is he's going to become, once he, once he is no longer president, he is going to, uh, he's gonna, he might flee the country. He might go to Russia. (laughs) Uh, He, he, he might go to Saudi Arabia. I mean, there's plenty of places where he might consider going. Right. Uh, in order to avoid the embarrassment and legal consequences of his actions. Right. And, and that is pretty much in tune to what he does. The other side of that is as someone who do, does not want to allow, uh, uh, who doesn't want to take responsibility for his actions. He is, and doesn't, and also doesn't work within the legal frameworks that already exist. He's likely to actually call upon his base to do something bad. Right, and, and that's kind of your your apocalypse level, your, right. your you know your worst case scenario. Right, situation. Well, no, it's, I've thought about it too. I'm sure a lot of people out there listening have too. Yes. But but it's 2020, and we we keep on breaking through worst case scenarios of things uh-huh. like uh-huh. Australia was on fire at the uh-huh. beginning of the year. We had we had uh, killer what was it death bees death hornets or something. Yeah, uh, COVID. I mean, COVID. Yeah. Uh, numerous things. Right, and so. You know, we've had riots, we've had uh, uh, the situation with uh, race relations and mm-hmm. police killings of unarmed citizens. Right. And 
And so I, I don't leave, I, I don't leave, nothing is impossible anymore. Right. And, I know. That's and, a sad truth and unfortunate one, but it is, it, that is the truth. And yes. I don't mean to be doom and gloom, but our democracy is as weak as it's ever been. It, it's structural, it's, it's institutional and structural uh, uh, capabilities are, are worn thin after four years of Trump. And we, uh, I'm glad Biden won because we need to rebuild those things. We do. I, I, I'm not just a political scientist. I'm, I'm, I, I also work in HR, and part of that is building up those those bureaucratic institutions so that uh, when you have bad bad act, when you have actors that act in bad faith, mm-hmm. that the the processes can constrain them. Or, uh, or the the policies are in place that will allow you to quickly get rid of them, right. and you know that's the type of thing that the the Trump administration destroyed like early on uh, is those checks and balances that say in the bureaucracy of the right. federal government, and that's that's how you know I'm really a uh, a nerd because mm-hmm. I'm talking about the importance of uh, like <laughs> the importance of making sure your bureaucracy works correctly because <laughs> uh, <laughs> we all want to function in government. Right. Very true. So anyway, the, uh, the end all be all is that anything can happen. And between now and the time that Biden should get sworn in, hopefully it goes smoothly like normal and there's no issues. Yes. So what I would like to see out of Biden and what he said recently are very promising and uh he wants to be somebody who brings our country back together right and men and and mends those wounds and i am all in support of mending the wounds that have occurred over the last four years and longer but we have to recognize some of our own internal moral failings as a country i agree and well said you, you know some of the some of the reasons we say people who voted for Biden or people Republicans and Democrats uh, don't see each other uh, they don't they can't see eye to eye is because they don't view the world the same way right you have one group that tries to use like facts and evidence uh, and tries to treat people fairly and morally. And you have another group that basically functions on on fear, right? I agree. Uh, and 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 when it's not fear, it's you know nationalistic pride. Uh, it's blind faith patriotism. B- blind faith pra- patriotism, and and really part of that part of the problem with that patriotism is they believed in Donald Trump, and so therefore they bought into the big lie, and so the little lies don't matter. Right and uh, well said again. <laughs> though, though, one example, one of the things where this is going to be an issue is when you we look at our immigration, the, the evils that we've done mm. in this country over the last three years, four years, has been uh, how we've dealt with immigrants. Mm. We literally put people in concentration camps. Right. I mean, I they were small ones, but. Thousands of people were in them. We literally separated thousands of children from their parents mm-hmm. at the border, put them in separate cages, and 
at least 500 of those kids are still there and don't know where their parents are. Right. No, and I, that is something that we did as Americans and the people who, and I, I apologize for making my political statement here, but no, that's okay. The, the, there is, there are those people who thought that that was okay or came up with reasons why it was okay. Mm-hmm. And those were those like me who thought that this was not okay. That you do not separate children from their families, right. from their parents, uh, no matter what. Right. And if that means you have to let somebody go, that's fine. You should not incarcerate children and you should not separate people from their parents. We have done both of these things. And the where we can come together is you have to acknowledge that there is the problem first. Right. And then once we've acknowledged there's a problem, then we can then begin the process of of finding those facts, having that common understanding of what happened, and then we can mend uh, then we can fix the problem and and uh, bring ourselves back together. But right now, as we speak, there are children in cages. No, and I no, I, and I think it is. It's tragic and it's 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 terrible. And and to me, I think you know the the, the historian to me thinks that, you know fifty hundred years from now. People are going to be studying with great irony the fact that the United States of America, a melting pot, if you will, became one of the most ethnocentric anti-immigration countries that ever to exist on planet Earth. I mean, and there's there's some irony there. It's very sad, tragic it's, irony. Uh, no, I'm, I'm entirely with you. It's 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 incredible. Uh, there's some there's some problems with the concept of us being a melting pot. Right. Well, true. Uh, because true. theoretically, what that was was. And that was whatever you were prior to becoming an American. Now you're an American, and so you can leave your language, your culture, right. everything at the door. True. And now you're now come in here. Now that we, is we've we've grown beyond the melting pot, right? In, into multiculturalism. There's problems with multiculturalism. True. But now let me let me sorry sorry to interrupt you. That that is actually you know what. I'll tell you what that is, that is that is the next topic you can come on the show and talk about. <laughs> I do need to go ahead. We got to go ahead and wrap this up. But Ryan, once again, I want to thank you for being on the show. And like I said, please come back. And actually, like I said, if you're down with it, we can talk about immigration and multiculturalism. Yeah, next time. And, all right. Well, this has been the State of Existence with Lewis Stockham, and of course, my special guest, political scientist uh, Ryan Jones. Thanks for listening. And remember, as always, all things are included in the State of Existence. <laughs>